yeah, mole hair. Uh, when the British came over, they brought moles because they had a huge rat problem. So the moles killed the rats. But now, um, because they're not an indigenous species, they've just taken over both the islands and it's this huge problem. So <laughs> they just kill them en masse and make these scarves out of them. Welcome to The Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week, Jeremy Cohn and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. This week, it's Father John Misty's fourth album in five years, God's Favorite Customer. A review brought to you by a couple of Josh Tillman's favorite customers, next on The Radio Cure. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> What's up, buddy? That was good. I like that one. It's filled with cheese. Fill- <laughs> filled with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I, one of Josh Tillman's favorite customers. I know, right? I, that was my second option. I was trying to work in how he's been very prolific, you know, four albums in five years. And mm-hmm. um, my son tells these like real stupid jokes now because he watches these stupid television for kids, you know, and they tell these like dumb knock knock jokes and stuff like that. And one of them was um, somebody says busier than a. Um, Busier than a, a crocodile dentist. Oh, <laughs> that was kind of funnier. Nice crocodile dentist uh, potential yeah, band. Name. I was trying to fit in crocodile dentist, but it just didn't work. Yeah, that's okay. You got it in now. <laughs> there you go. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it could be a band name though. The crocodile dentist. Oh, I kind of like that. Do you think that's a solo act? I think. Um, well, I think you drop the the which. Uh huh. Crocodile dentists. You, I, but possibly plural crocodile dentists. 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 Was it dentines? Dentines. What's the plural? Dentists. I think it's dentists. 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 Maybe just crocodile dentist is better, not plural. Dentists is kind of hard to say. It. It is. We're the crocodile dentists. Yeah. We love you, Cleveland. (laughs) Why is Cleveland always the example in that joke? Uh, I think it's coming to the Drew Carey show. (laughs) That was the first thing I thought. (laughs) Yeah. So few people are going to get that (laughs) reference. But I like that's where both of our brains Uh, went. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Presidents of the United States of America. POTUSes. POTUSes. (laughs) Oh, it's... uh, Peep behind the curtain, always as always. That's second second episode in one night for us, so you'll yeah. get you'll get dentist's jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the treble down. There's going to be a lot of is on this one. Lots of. S's. <laughs> okay, so I feel like you are the bigger Father John Misty fan. Although Father John Misty is one of those bands that we went to, so. There's kind of this connection, yes, between us and the Father John. Question one: Is this the first artist that we've done a review of two albums for? Ooh, I think so. Right, it has to be. Has to be. No one else has put two albums out in two years. No, so. and that usually. I feel like that's a bad sign. People that are like super prolific, I'm usually not as interested in, you know, you don't have like the anticipation and like, Mm -hmm. it seems like maybe they've 
you're missing new music. There's no time. There's yeah. No... But I want to say you did mention on last week's episode about 30 minutes ago in real time <laughs> for us <laughs> <laughs> that I am a bigger Father John Misty fan than you. I think that this is the best album of the year so far. Oh, those are big words. Those are maybe too big of words for me. Mm. I and it might be that my like Father John Misty like O meter is just at the top. Okay. I, I don't know if I can consume more Father John Misty. I feel it's like, like it's like a fine cheese or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's like super, super rich. And so you just can't really binge on it. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's the I point of what I was saying a second ago. With like a lot of people, it's like you don't want too much of it over and over again. Uh-huh. And and I certainly understand uh, that being the case with him because a lot of it's like very dense uh-huh. and you got to think about it a lot and all that. But this album to me is so different than the last one. Yes, yet also kind of in the same vein. It's still, like, very uniquely him. I mean, he's a pretty unique artist, but... Yeah, yeah. He can't get away from being Father John Misty, no matter what kind of persona he's... um, or or what kind of mood he's in, whether it's fun or sarcastic or Mm -hmm. uh, cutting or or sorrowful, I guess, in the case of this one. Yes. Um, Did you read uh, Stephen Hyden's review of this? It's the review that I used. I didn't I didn't even go to another place. Okay, cool. Well, do you want to read that now or do you want to talk some more about it first? <laughs> no, I can read it now. It's a, it's a little long. I had a few more thoughts about yeah, the, yeah. the album since we're already talking about it now. Um, he's done four albums. The thing I wanted to ask you, you said it's the best album this year. Lord Huron is my best album mm-hmm. right now for you. Uh, Father John Misty is at the top of your list right now. Yeah. Yep. As of today. As of recording. Um, So the thing I want to ask you is where does it fit in with the four Father John Misty albums? Because didn't Steve Hyden um, uh, tweet kind of a list or a ranking? Yeah. And yet he said this one, he said that Honey Bear is clear number one. Fear Fun, the first one, is clear number four, and either uh-huh. this or Pure Comedy is number two. Two or three. Okay. Yeah. So what? what's your opinion? I think this is a very, very solid number two. Okay. I agree that Honey Bear is still kind of untouchable. Yeah, I would say Honey Bear, Pure Comedy, Fear Fun, God's Favorite Customers last. And like I said, it's just a lot of content. I just may not be ready to appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm still coming to terms with pure comedy. <laughs> I don't think I like. I enjoyed that <laughs> one, but I don't think I'll ever come to terms with that. It's so massive. Yeah, I've read the and... dissertation once. I've seen the yeah. stop motion film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's lots of lots of content here. There, <laughs> there is a lot, and this was one too that like I know it's Father John Misty, so it's gonna be one of those things you can't listen to once and have like an opinion on it. Like the first time I listened mm-hmm. to it, I was really just like, okay, that was fine, and yeah. it was one of those things that like maybe on like the tenth listen through or something, I was like, oh, okay, 
I understand have you, this, I think. Did you listen to it early from the file? Yeah, I listened to yeah. it whatever you sent it to me. Yeah, it was like a month ago, I think. Like a month ago. And so. that was the thing, though, is that I didn't come back to it until, again, until a couple days before it actually came out. Oh, okay. Because I was just like, yeah, that was fine. Yeah. I can invest That's my how time I felt in about things. it. So maybe I don't have enough listens in. Maybe. Or, or you just aren't going to like it as much as me. That's possible, too. But <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so interesting as a follow-up to pure comedy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's good because I was I was kind of thinking of them in, in like two couplets, like fear, fun, and honey bear is the first, and then pure comedy mm. and God's favorite customer is the second and there's like kind of this focusing on honey bear to the personal that wasn't quite there on fear of the fun in the same way with god's favorite customer is deeply autobiographical yes. um in a way that pure comedy isn't as much i know there's that nine minute long song about him choking on candy right um, <laughs> that seems pretty obviously autobiographical um but this this is um kind of a momentary thing. I think it's, it's probably a good place to, to read from the up rocks and this is in Steve Hyden's voice. So the I is not me. It's Steve Hyden. Um, bear that in mind as I read. Mm -hmm. When I finally heard God's favorite customer, I realized how misguided my instant punditry. Oh, this is also kind of breaking in halfway through cause it's like a tome. I realized how misguided my instant punditry at the homecoming festival had been. Sure, it's possible that Tillman is still a little burnt out just one year after pure com comedy's wall-to-wall -wall media campaign. But this brittle, ravaged, thoroughly heartbroken record makes a convincing counter-argument that Tillman simply can't talk about these songs because reliving the pain that God's favorite customer contains over and over again would simply be too potent. What's known about God's favorite customer is that Tillman wrote these songs during a six-week period when he was living in a hotel and estranged from his wife and muse, Emma. That's probably all we need to know, as the album feels rooted in a specific time and place, though Tillman did recently offer this curious comment to the British music magazine Uncut. This one needed to go down near the blast site, so to speak. If I had waited the industry standard amount of time between cycles, I might not have been able to find a way back into these songs. The blast site line intrigues me because it suggests that the usual space that Father John Misty affords Tillman might not be enough this time. And yet he also felt more compelled to be honest by releasing these songs unadorned than to protect himself. God's favorite customer also manages to address many of the complaints that detractors have had about pure comedy. At 39 minutes, it's half as long as its predecessor, and it's not nearly as lush or opulent. The overused epithet, pretentious, can't be credibly applied to God's favorite customer. Tillman is more or less back to writing punchy, tuneful pop songs that get philosophical about the nature of love. Only now he sounds older and more exhausted with himself. Working again with producer Jonathan Wilson, as well as Jonathan Ratto of Foxygen, Tillman has wandered into the bruised and battered wing of 70s singer-songwriter pop, the terrain where Harvest recedes into tonight's The Night. Neil Young reference. Nice. End. End of scene. End. <laughs> well done. 
<laughs> I, Thank you. I feel like that was one of my better reads. It was. I, <laughs> that was a long one. Pat myself on the back. Yeah. Pat, pat yourself on the back, Nate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons I wanted you to read that yourself if you weren't going to read it on the show or whatever was mm-hmm. that I agree a lot with what he's saying and you know how it goes. Like if there's something you really, really like, sometimes that's like the hardest things to talk about on this show. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we, we refer to it as car seating ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> car seat headrest, official yeah. band of the radio cure. But that's, that's why this is so interesting to me is that it seems kind of compared to his other records devoid of this like really grand scale philosophizing mm-hmm. and more just like, hey, am I a piece of shit and is my wife going to leave me because I'm a piece mm-hmm. of shit? And <laughs> like the <laughs> music and everything is like so pared down compared to his other records that it I, I I think it's just so perfectly done to be this kind of like for him a really like nakedly honest record about himself and not so much these grander issues yeah it doesn't have like the self-loathing um aspect it's it's more of like self-reflection yeah uh, and so it's not as like this sarcastic self-loathing kind of shit that we all are, um, that he kind of, the shtick that he does earlier, it, it's definitely, uh, more honest. And I, I really feel like sometimes with difficult records, you need kind of like this key stone or this like one kind of bit of information and it really unlocks the rest of the album for you. And for me just to understand that whole, like, okay, that Mr. Tillman song about the whole, mm-hmm all the shit that was going on with the drugs and the debauchery in the hotel was basically like these six weeks and that kind of sets the setting. And then we go into all of the shit that happened and like the thoughts that he had while he was. Yeah. I think it's like really interesting as a narrative in that way. Cause the album Mm -hmm. starts with uh, meet me at the gallows, which seems to kind of live in this slightly more political place that pure Mm -hmm. comedy was. And then the second song, Mr. Tillman is when he checks into the hotel and then that's Mm -hmm. where the record starts. And it still feels like, um, it could be on, on one of his, his more luscious Mm -hmm. records. Exactly. Um, The pure comedy. And cause, um, uh, Haydn even says uh, the album uh, Mr. Tillman is preceded by Hangout at the Gallows, which seems to enter in the middle of the beat down piano and bass pulse that recalls the mid-tempo groove of pure comedy. These songs are the small talk before Tillman gets to the heavy stuff. Yeah, and and like the music, like relatively again, because the music on this is not like as simple as like a lot of artists would do, but by his standards, mm-hmm. it's like very stripped down after that point. Yeah, absolutely. And so we get to the first one that you want to talk about, uh, the date night. And that's still kind of like this groovy seventies yes. feeling thing. It's funky to me. Um, but it's real aggressive. Um, the date's not going well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's kind of like, what do you want? You know, 
Yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this one is, like, musically, it seems like almost the only outlier on the album. Uh There's a lot more going on. It's more up-tempo than most of the things that follow it. kind of punky mm-hmm. uh, to me it's, it's is it short it feels short to me it's pretty short uh, yeah. like musically it remind me a lot of like uh like harry nielsen or or like and a lot of the ways he sings and it reminds me a lot of like 70s david bowie which i thought was really cool mm. i thought of of um uh, bob dylan's kind of more aggressive mm. songs yeah yeah yeah. he's kind of got sure. that strummy guitar in the background too yeah, and I love oh, I love the oo's in this song too, and his like higher register. I love when he sings in that higher register. This is kind of the the last one, right before the real sad sack. Yes, songs come in, and that's what I dubbed the three that you want to talk about: the sad sack trio. Yep, <laughs> they just get sadder and sadder. <laughs> the first of which is "Please Don't Die," right? Yep. So you picked all the songs because, like I said, I, I wasn't too keen on uh, this album quite mm-hmm. yet. I didn't have the energy up for it. So yeah, what, what was uh, what was this pick for? Um, I a couple reasons. I really like what he does in this, um, and this is something that uh, he does a lot more blatantly towards the end of the album, and it's another song mm-hmm. we're going to talk about, but kind of uh, flipping the narrative to where it's basically his wife singing to him, <laughs> uh-huh. which I, it seems it, that's like a very Father John Misty type of mm-hmm. thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I get that now better. Um yeah, that makes more sense. It, uh, the song you're referring to a songwriter, and we'll talk about that one later. But I, this yes. is another one that flips the script. Um, and uh, Steve Hyden used it as the example of why he couldn't wait another year to put out this album. Mm-hmm. Um, he says the lyrics are just like gut wrenching. Oh, honey, I'm worried about you. You're too much to lose. You're all I have. And honey, I'm worried about you. Put yourself in my shoes. It's right there. I can't believe I didn't see it. Uh, you're all that I have, so please don't die wherever you are tonight. And so you're saying that's obviously from her perspective. Yeah, she absolutely. Says, put my put yourself in my shoes, which and he's it, doing. Yeah, at and it's, the moment. Yeah, and it's talking about him being like reckless and partying mm-hmm. with strangers yeah. and questioning if they're more mm-hmm. important than she is. Yeah. Which exactly? Yeah, I, I think is pretty interesting and. I think probably relatable for people like you and me who maybe sometimes will party a little too hard and and we're like, nah, whatever, what's the problem? Yeah, we're not the person waiting at home to see if they're okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Junie's saying that it's all too much. I'll take it easy with the morbid stuff.
That honey, I'm worried about you line, I think is just one of the like prettiest vocal deliveries I've heard in so long. It's so pretty, and it's almost like old country style hymnal type of sound to it. Oh, absolutely! It starts in the middle of an epic country ballad. It is. It, it's. It just starts right into it. Yeah. Uh, and it's so sorrowful. I mean, even the person uh, he is addressing says, I'll take it easy on the morbid stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're they're saying, OK, OK. Yeah. Um, and uh, there is that gospel. He's like he's pleading for his life um, yeah. in her voice. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just got that old country, you know, my my girl's out running around on me kind of you know, old country feeling, you know, yeah. sad sack. And I feel like if this, he had done this song, like on pretty much any of his previous albums, it would have been a lot more like sarcastic. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. That's the point that, um, Steve Hyden makes with this song is that, um, he might've included a line about being sad, sensitive white guy to diffuse the tension. He could have elaborated on the music, deploying some orchestral that whipped up, pure comedy to a grand scale as it is please don't die is virtually a demo stripping the music back to piano punch drunk drums and Tillman's pain pleading falsetto yeah I, I think it just makes it so much more powerful it's a completely different song a, a year from now yeah and like and I like, really like the line in there about him like out there like partying with strangers and stuff and it's basically talking about like if he does die it says like uh, the line is who will make the arrangements them or me like talking about his fun funeral <laughs> like are these yeah. people really more important to you <laughs> yeah yeah that's a quality line and and really the the lyrics are where it's at with a lot of father john misty songs for sure and so that's that's something you really got to clue in on or, or it's just not going to be worth it yeah exactly which i mean again is another reason you probably have to listen to it a lot because it's easy mm. to just like listen to music and not really listen to the words. And so, but God's favorite customer, I, I loved it from note one. It is this some is, serious, sad sack shit. This is definitely my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I love it. I love how the, the bass line is echoed in the piano or vice yes. versa. I'm just a sucker for a great piano ballad, put a little bread in my jar. Yeah. For this one. Absolutely. And like I was trying earlier tonight, I was like, I, this sounds like some sort of old style of music that I can't quite put my finger on. I got it narrowed down to like kind of like gospely Elvis mm -hmm. or like Nashville skyline, Bob Dylan with the help of Julie. And then Julie was like listening to some other songs, trying to figure out what it sounded like. And she's like, this is old school country, sad bastard music. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like, he, has a, right. <laughs> he has a great way of incorporating that gospel country Americana sound, mm -hmm. but like breaking it up. It's not just the simple country tune. Yeah. It, it, it like gets chopped up. You can hear the simple country tune in it, but it, it it just has these flourishes and these kind of like tangents and little derivations to it that breaks it up enough that it makes it a true Father John Misty song. It, it, and it's the perfect speed. It's that old. Yes. It's that speed that really clues into that old timey kind of song. They're just moseying on. The bar closes at five, but the big man. 
And I like how like underneath towards the end, there's like that really like fuzzy guitar in there. Reminded me a lot of like oh, yeah. the guitars on uh, Ghost is Born by Wilco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that that's good. It kind of I have watched a Chappelle show for like the first time in forever. That shit holds up. Oh my god, Chappelle show is still so good. <laughs> it still holds up. It's so fucking funny. I don't think uh, I don't think Julie's ever watched it. Oh, that's a travesty among. Yeah, among I need travesties. to I need to remedy this immediately. They're on something through Sling, so yeah, that's I, I, I know you can definitely Central. Stream them. You can get like the ten episodes they're playing at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> but it, it kind of reminds me of that. That part reminded me of the Chappelle Show, Chappelle Show. Those two guys like riffing on the, uh, yeah. <laughs> on the stool, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> old timey like that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like. I'm glad you're big into this song at least because it is my favorite. It's it's a good it's a good um, a balance of what we love about Father John Misty, but. Um, as 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 like pared down as he could possibly get. Yeah, as he's stuff. as as much as he's like capable of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the songwriter is the last one. It is such a good B side. It it's one of those B sides you just never want to end because you know it signals the end of the album as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And it's just so sad. Goodbye, my little songbird. Again, she he's flipping the script, me. speaking from her point of view yeah yeah and it's like really what the whole album is which is just like really deep introspection but just being so blatant about it by being like okay this is what someone would say if they're writing about me goodbye little songbird now you're free don't forget I'm The only fan of yours who has a sense to ever leave you be How could you do this to me? Yeah, it's so confessional and intimate. You you almost feel like a third wheel or an intrusion to some sort of song that he's singing to her. Yeah, like something that you're maybe not supposed to be listening to. Yeah, like yeah. you're just he's in he's on like one knee and she's singing to it and then mm-hmm. I could see this as a commercial and he ends with that just heart wrenching lyric uh, loving me was your unsung masterpiece like I I couldn't ever yeah encapsulate in my music how much I loved her exactly but the love itself was what the muse you know created all of this kind of stuff and he's and then he you're just kind of on the couch kind of slowly. Like, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Tears being shed. <laughs> you're, you're, you're definitely getting laid if you end in a song like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just totally broke. Just cock blocked him from, yeah. from the, uh, from the audience. <laughs> That's what it feels like. You're intruding on a, on a very personal, personal moment. He is, he is, this is like, when um, people come on like Fox News or CNN to talk directly to Trump, because yeah. you know, that's how he, he's listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like she's not answering any of his calls, so he's gonna sing this song like directly to her, like uh, say anything style, boombox over his over his head. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and like I mean, 
just for the album as a whole, like that's just a great like rock star narrative to go hole up in a hotel in New York City yes. for three weeks and write an album. <laughs> like who doesn't love that? And just release it so quickly because it's raw and you don't want to like yeah. edit it because editing it makes it less real in some sense or less yeah. true. Yeah. And that that's what I love about it is the how relatively by his standards raw it is. I think it works so fucking well. And it's something we haven't seen from him yet. I'm sure he had like a regular piano wheeled into the yeah. he working on like a digital piano. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And then I, I like that the last song too uh jumps back to this is more like grand ideas and like what it is to mm-hmm. be like a person. It's like all of the songs between the first and the last one are this like super confessional raw thing. Mm-hmm. But that first one and the last one are like, yeah, this is, I, I still do this too. <laughs> I just had, I just but, had a little moment there. <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, what will be, will be. Um, and that you really feel that in here that the songwriter, the last song is the the penultimate song, excuse me, is this kind of casting out any remaining demons from this or mm-hmm. just having a more realistic understanding about it being like, you know what? Life will go on if this ha- I don't want this to happen. This fucking sucks. Yeah. But life life will go on. And so there is that kind of. All right, I'm back. You know, yeah, like I'm, I'm coming out of my little hole that I made or my, or the the palace as I guess it's directly referenced in the album. There you go, his sad palace. He's coming out of his sad He's palace. out of his sad palace. <laughs> Back into the world and still like all all that does like he still hasn't lost his cleverness either though with like his wordplay and it's still there. No, I mean, I feel like uh, the funniest people at their darkest moments are their funniest. Right. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I bet you, you know, Bill Cosby at the uh, arraignment uh, <laughs> was just like cracking jokes left and right. They were hilarious. Just, just kill Dark, just dark, killing. morbid shit. <laughs> well, at least they serve Jello. You know, something like that. <laughs> Where I'm going. <laughs> oh boy. That's true. They do have jello in prison. Uh, big jello fans. We we discovered that. We got two meals in jail. We did. Crazy. <laughs> both both featured jello. <laughs> both featured jello. That's how you get your protein in jail. <laughs> All the, <laughs> the the hooves. <laughs> oh, Alright, I think that does it for us this time. Uh check out Father John Misty's God's Favorite Customer. And tell us what you think by leaving us a review in the iTunes. If you, if we like, <laughs> I said the iTunes. <laughs> that's an old callback. Or just a problem I have with my mouth. Um, yeah, that's not a callback. That's an issue. <laughs> it's an issue. <laughs> if we like your take, we'll be sure to read it out on the show. And as always, follow the link in the show notes to all the reviews and music used in this episode to our website, theradiocurepod.com. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to The Radio Cure. Bye. Ha, 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 ha
how would they even get the hair off the mole? It's like an inch and a half long, dude. And I was like, I know, I know. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. You can shave a mole. I know, but how do you weave it into a thread that you could use? 